It took me six years to figure out how to recruit for the classes that I wanted to teach. And I remember when I first started teaching, there was a statistic out there that was something like 50% of new teachers don't make it to the first five years. And I just double checked that because I wanted to see if anything has changed. Well, that's the first statistic that I could pull up. So it was from 2008 to 2009. And there's probably other research. I don't who knows what the numbers are now that we're in pandemic. But most teachers, specifically CTE teachers, don't have six years to try to figure out how to recruit so that they can actually have a job. So today I want to go over the recruiting mistakes that I made within those six years to hopefully make your journey a lot quicker and with fewer mistakes, although you're going to make them, but this will help you hopefully not take six years to get to the schedule that you dream of. Maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. So I wanted to start off right off the bat with the biggest recruiting mistake that I made when I first started teaching and specifically within those first six years. And it was waiting for course requests. So we waiting until that point of the year when students were getting all excited about recruiting and while they were registering and doing their course requests, more likely than not every single year, I would be teaching and then realize when January February hit, oh crap, we are handing out these request forms and students are signing up for my class. What am I going to do to get them to sign up? And at first I just thought, aren't students going to sign up for the same classes as last year? I didn't even think that my schedule could possibly change. Like if I had less students sign up for a section that they would take it away. So keep that in mind. The other thing is that I literally, so I started bribing kids with candy and I'm like, Hey, if you will get your friend to come to my class and I will sign up that I want to have them on my roster, I'll sign their card. I'll show, I'll see their card. I'll write their name down and I will give you a candy bar and I will give your friend a candy bar that was never going to work. I don't know why I thought that was going to work, but I figured, hey, that with the addition of flyers all over the hallways, that it's going to get kids to sign up. It did not work at all. So the better strategy, and if, if I were to be starting today, knowing what I know now, is to recruit and promote throughout the year so that it doesn't all come at the very end, because that's when everyone else is recruiting. That's when everyone else is pushing for their their classes, because all of us electives, we're in the same boat. We're trying to get students to sign up for our classes, and so we're bombarding kids right as requests and registration is going on. And really, the kids, they are not really 
caring about what they're signing up for. They are just signing up for whatever their friends are signing up for. So one student decided, hey, that class sounds like a lot of fun and the rest of them are signing up. So you need to find a way to get that first student to find your class interesting or allow them to start having those conversations so that they know what classes to sign up for. So you do want to be recruiting and promoting throughout the year, just like your lesson planning, just like your unit planning. Think about how you are going to put together a strategy so that parents and students and other stakeholders are seeing what you are doing in your class throughout the entire year, even over the summer, and not just in January and February. Okay, so my second mistake was letting others determine my schedule. So very similar to the first one as far as I just made the assumption that my schedule stayed the same. There were a couple years where I had a very headstrong counselor and counselors are really not supposed to be in charge of your schedule. Just as a side note, that is not in their job description, but they... They do have something kind of to do with the schedule because they have to figure out how to get students into those classes. So they do work with your administrators. They do find out as far as how much, how many courses and how many sections are going to be offered of those course to help build that master schedule. But ultimately, it is up to the administrator. So you should be really working closely with your administrator. At this point, my mistake that I was making was that this counselor had come in and she wanted me to be teaching certain classes so that students would be getting concurrent enrollment or dual enrollment credit so that they were getting a specific associate's degree when they got done. And so she was piling on top of me a ton of different preps because she figured this student could be taking these three classes from me over the course of a couple of years, and then they would get all of this college credit accumulated so that it would help them on their pathway to success. While it may have helped them, I was spread super thin, so ultimately it didn't really help them because I wasn't able to think about my courses and really get the information or that college level content to those students because I was so consumed with planning and I could never grow my program because I didn't have a wide enough base. I didn't have enough level one or entry level students to ultimately build those advanced classes because I was spending so much time in my day taking and having various classes. I had preps stacked on other preps. So for example, I had one class period and I was teaching three different classes in that same class period. And I had six kids, six kids, 12 kids in those various sections. And so I was juggling between all of that. So it is completely unrealistic to have a schedule like that. So the solution to that mistake, or if I were starting today, what I would do is be proactive in planning what I want my schedule to look like and start having those conversations. You probably won't be able to propose that ideal schedule and then have it work out the way you want to the following year. But if your principal knows and if you have a CTE director or someone else who might play a part in these decisions, if you let them know what your plan is and what you are willing to do in getting 
getting that plan to happen, you need to be having those conversations so that you're on the same path and you are making decisions and they are also making decisions based on that plan that you have put together. Once again, keyword there, together. All right. And then the last mistake that I want to talk about is not intentionally inviting stakeholders to visit my classroom. This did not even seem like a thing when I was first teaching. I knew I had people in my classroom when I first started teaching and quite honestly, throughout my entire 10 years of teaching, I would have visitors come in and they were looking at the program and then I had my evaluations, but I wasn't really intentional about having people in my classroom. So I would always get the comment, oh, that's so cool that you're doing that. I didn't realize you were doing that. And that's after they had come in and it was more of like a drop-in scenario. So if I were starting today, I would specifically invite them in and make it a big deal and create a special event if I needed to. So maybe I am highlighting engineering week, which I do know does fall in February, but maybe I am doing something special or even if it's not actually something special, I would make it seem like it was special and invite my counselors to come. I would also try to invite other counselors, other teachers in from the school, and then also my feeder schools so that they can see what's going on. Now, I know that might be kind of hard to get people out of their offices or out of their schools. So this is where your social media and your PR really comes into it because you want to be showing people what you're doing in each of your classes from day to day, especially if they can't be there. So by taking photos, by doing videos, by writing articles and highlighting your students and your programs and your courses, that is really going to show others what you're doing and allow them to experience your classes and know what your classes are really about rather than hearing some sort of description or title and then making assumptions about that course. So if I were to be starting today as a teacher, knowing what I know now, this is what I would do to help perfect or start my recruiting efforts so that they are maximized. The first would be to be recruiting throughout the school year, recruiting and promoting, and make sure that people are knowing about what's going on in my classes throughout the school with my students, but then also making sure that there is PR, some websites, some social media going out there so that others are not telling my story for me. They are actually seeing what is happening in there with videos and pictures. And then I would be determining and coming up with a plan for the schedule that I would one day like to have. So what does my schedule look like right now? What do I want my schedule to be? And then having those conversations with the principal and counselors and figure out what I need to do in order to make that actual plan happen. Now, PR tends to be one of the hardest things with this because you are so busy planning and creating 
lessons for your students and teaching and sharing your skills with them, that PR and recruiting, as far as PR goes, tends to go to the wayside. So I have created some captions for you, and they are specifically made for CTE teachers who are wanting to recruit and promote their programs throughout the year and then also at this time of the school year. You can get it at kristenmasick.com forward slash captions. And what it really does is it has all the captions written out and you can actually fill in the information and there's prompts in there as to where you put the teacher name, where you put the course name, what you're learning about, what you're showing in those videos and those pictures. And regardless of whether or not you have your own social media for your program that you man, you can actually take those captions and you could send them to whoever does your PR, whoever does your website, whether it's at the school level or the district level, and you can get people knowing about what you are doing, the great things that you are doing in all of your classes, and you can get that visibility and that recruiting happening and working for you all year long, and you can get it done simply and quickly. So make sure you check out kristenmasick.com forward slash captions, and I would love to connect you with you on Instagram. It's where I hang out the most. It's at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.